This is Trice Talk Minipod for Friday night, June the 18th, 2021. Hope everybody's doing good tonight. It's a Friday night, and if you're not having to work, you know, if you're not doing the night shift thing, uh, hope that you were able to get out and do something fun tonight, something enjoyable, um, either with friends or family or both, if, if you have a lot of people that you want to go out with. Uh, we actually got out tonight and, and went out to eat for the first time in a year and a half. And it was uh, it was really nice, I have to say. We had to sit outside for a while waiting on a table. Um, but, you know, the sun had gone down and it was pleasant. And it was just nice being out. It was nice actually watching people going in and out of stores and um, and restaurants in the area that we were in. And it was just, even though there were some that were still wearing masks, both going in and coming out of places, I'd, but still the majority of the people uh, were not wearing masks, which hopefully means that they were either vaccinated or, you know, they've had COVID and uh, recovered. But regardless, I hope, uh, I hope uh, a lot more of those scenes are, are prevalent as we go on uh, through the summer because it it's really long overdue for everybody. Anyway, uh, this being a mini pod, it's only about a 30 minute podcast. So I need to go ahead, I guess, and get to the subject for tonight. Now, if you've been following Trice Talk uh, for a while now, you realize that we do talk about uh, voter fraud issues or voter, um, let's just say voter, uh, tally issues. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people just want to call it voter fraud, but you know, we have to wait till all of the stuff comes in. We suspect those of us who, you know, actually pay attention to what went on last year. We do suspect that there were some things that could be referred to as fraud, but you know, again, until all of the results are in, or even some of them come in and definitely point the finger to uh, fraud, you know, let's just kind of give it the lesser term right now, just so we're not accused of false 
information. Uh, so as I quite often do, I'm going to use Mike Huckabee's site. Uh, it's morning edition for June the 18th, his newsletter. And as I've said many a time, uh, he always has a variety of articles on here. There's actually one on here that I would love to use. And I, I, I was so close to using it tonight. And it was actually about um, Roger Waters. Uh, and if you're a big music fan, especially uh, one of those old fogey music fans, uh, he is one of the original members of Pink Floyd and uh, one of the founding members and, and who wrote a lot of the songs. And there's a story in there about Mark. Well, it's actually communication from, uh, I think it was Instagram, some, some official in Instagram. But Roger Waters, he's at a, some kind of a press conference, and I believe it's somewhere overseas uh, because it, everything except for it, it, the press conference was in English when he was talking, but there was uh, subtitles going across the bottom of the screen. So um, anyway, it appears that uh, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, has asked for permission from water Roger Waters to use uh, another brick in the wall for some advertising. And uh, he has a, I'll say he has a very interesting response, but since it's regarding Facebook and we do post these uh, shows on Facebook, I'm just going to have to leave it to you to go search for the story yourself. Um, but just, you, you can probably type in, uh, Roger Waters responds to either Zuckerberg or, uh, I would say, uh, Instagram, and you'll probably come up with this story. But, uh, you know, as it goes into the story, it says uh, Zuckerberg didn't actually uh, make a request personally to Roger Waters. It was some official, and uh, it appears that they were in Instagram. So, it's an interesting read. I would suggest that you look for it, especially if you're a Roger Waters Pink Floyd fan. Um, you probably know what kind of response he's going to give. But anyway, I can't really use that uh, tonight, but I thought I would give you that little bit of a teaser so you may go look it up uh, on the Internet and see what it says. Uh, actually, you can go to the dailywire.com, I believe, and find it there. I believe that was the source of this one. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to actually talk about uh, voter fraud issues again or voter uh, irregularities from last year's election because there's so much starting to come out. I mean, we've, we've had tidbits come out for several months now, even after the election last year, uh, as, as you well remember. But more and more information is coming out now, and I think it's I think it's important that we uh, look at all of these as they come out. And of course, yes, a lot of them still have to be proven, but um, that's what people are in the process of doing right now. They're looking at these items and trying to determine whether or not they can prove they're worth fraudulent issues with last year's election. 
I'm going to start out with a little bit from Huckabee's um, where he addresses the article that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, go to for the rest of the story. And uh, it's on a site called just the news. But anyway, Huckabee starts out by saying while the mainstream media either ignore or try best to discredit the 2020 election audits, we've been looking around the country at what's quietly going on. John Solomon and Daniel Payne report major developments in Georgia with state officials seeking to remove Fulton County's top election supervisors and county records indicating that over 100 batches of absentee ballots could be missing. The margin for Biden across the entire state of Georgia was just under 12,000 votes. Solomon and Payne reviewed handwritten tally sheets for all the absentee ballots counted in Fulton County, along with a private report from a contractor, Seven Hills Strategy, hired by the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffsenberger. Uh, you may remember that name. It was in the news quite a bit after the election to document in real time the election process in the Atlanta area. This report chronicles seven days of problems. To cite just one example, in a frantic note written the night before the election, the contractor wrote that someone took the wrong suitcase but took only one. Seems to be a mystery who this person was. Should have a chain of custody paperwork. That means a stranger just walked out with sensitive materials. A state judge has now ordered absentee ballots in Fulton County unsealed, so a private audit of the actual papers may be conducted by attorney Bob Cheeley, who says the evidence he's seen so far points to election tabulation malpractice. Experts differ on whether this was fraud or just gross incompetence. Okay, I'm going to stop there and say, does it really matter? I mean, well, I guess it does matter because if it's outright fraud, people should have to go to jail. If they committed fraud in order to fix the election one way, those people should have to go to jail. No question about it. If it's gross incompetence, then you just, you need, it needs to be, you need a clean house. You need to get rid of everybody involved in that process, bring in some new people, make sure they're trained properly, and make sure they have the IQ to perform whatever functions had to be performed. And I'm not picking on any one particular individual, but come on now. People doing this job should be trained to do this job and should have the capacity of intelligence in order to do it the way they were trained to do or instructed to do. Hell, if nothing else, write the instructions down on a piece of paper or put it on a poster board on the wall, but do something and then make sure they're following those. All right, back to the article. The Secretary of State is saying he doesn't think fraud occurred, at least not on a scale that would have affected the outcome. 
In such a close election, this verdict seems premature, Mike Huckabee says, and more like wishful thinking to me. His contractor, he said, did not see evidence of fraud. No, no, of course not. But he did see continued mismanagement, miscommunication, unpreparedness, and sloppiness. Ah, sloppiness. We've heard that term before, used in defense of people in government who cut corners and just didn't follow the rules. They didn't mean to do it. They were just sloppy. The consensus at the state level is that the election officials in Fulton County should be removed. It's so bad that some are debating whether the state itself should take the responsibility away from the county and run their elections like a conservatorship. Okay, and then it it, it uh, encourages you to read the article, which I'm going to move over to. Um, but uh, to that point of the state taking over conservatorship of the elections, that'll never work, folks. Number one, because... Raffensperger is a Republican. The governor of Georgia is a Republican. There's a lot of Republican officials in there. And to do that would certainly draw a lot more criticism and leave a lot of people on the left with claims that they're doing it to swing the election back, any future election back in favor of Republicans. So I think that would be an unwise thing personally, but what do I know? All right, let me go to um, justthenews.com. And of course, the, the article title there is Georgia Audit Documents Expose Significant Election Failures in State's Largest County, which is Fulton County. It's a huge county, which over the last uh, 10, 20 years have had a lot of people uh, a lot of uh, communities opt out of being part of the county and, and they're creating their own cities. Uh, we've got an issue right now with a, a community called Buckhead, which is uh, north of Atlanta, but it's been part of Atlanta city limits, uh, I, I guess, forever. I, I don't know how long, honestly. But uh, the crime has gotten so bad there in Buckhead that they're trying to remove themselves from uh, being associated with Atlanta and they want to create their own city and uh, have their own police department and just take care of themselves because Atlanta's doing such a poor job. And it's actually one of the uh, more influential areas of Atlanta and there's a lot of money in the Buckhead area. It's, it's for years, it's been basically an exclusive area, although there are, you know, all kinds of uh, uh, shops and things. I mean, there's a lot of uh, million-dollar-plus homes there. In there. Well, they're probably three and four million now. But um, there's a lot of shopping area in there as well. So anyway, they're tired of the crime issues, and they, they're trying to get away. So Fulton County uh, is the largest county in Georgia, uh, especially from end to end. This article was, let's see if I, well, it says, okay, the article's by John Solomon and Daniel Payne. 
which you can see uh, John Solomon on Fox News quite often, uh, especially Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. John Solomon was on a lot before the election last year and dealing with issues, um, uh, you know, that the attorney general and the uh, was in, you know, dealing with Trump and so forth, those issues they were supposed to get to the bottom of. But uh, he's, he's a fixture on Fox News quite often. So he writes, records suggest more than 100 batches of absentee ballots in Fulton County could be missing. Some experts say election tabulation malpractice as state officials seek to remove county's top election supervisors. Documents that Georgia's largest county submitted to state officials as part of a post-election audit highlight significant irregularities in the Atlanta area during last November's voting, ranging from identical vote tallies repeated multiple times to large batches of absentee ballots that appear to be missing from the official ballot scanning records. The problems in predominantly Democrat Fulton County potentially impact thousands of ballots in a presidential race that Joe Biden was certified as winning statewide by fewer than 12,000 votes. The memos reviewed by Just the News include the handwritten tally sheets for all absentee ballots counted by the county, as well as a private report from a contractor hired by the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensberger. And they were hired to monitor the Atlanta area election process. The report, which chronicles seven days of problems, recorded troubling behavior like the mysterious removal of a suitcase of sensitive election data known as poll pads used to authenticate voters. Now, there was a story out um, late last year, and I think it continued on into the first of this year. There was a a poll uh, official that had been a poll official for a number of years that had gone in to work on um, the morning of the election and found that the, maybe it was the day before, gosh, it's it's been several months since I've actually seen that particular uh, story. But anyway, maybe it was the day before as she was going in to check uh, the poll pads and and make sure all the equipment and, and that the facility was ready to start uh, receiving, uh, voters. And she mentioned, she talked about the poll pads and her particular batch were not actually dedicated for her particular precinct, which became a problem anyway. Um, but those poll pads are used to authenticate the voters, which is why it's so important that the poll pads are at the right polling precinct. Learned that Rick reprogramming poll pads earlier was set up a new precinct for SC11 because someone took the wrong suitcase but only took one, the contractor Seven Hills strategy wrote on November the 2nd, the night before Election Day. Seems to be a mystery who this person was, should have chain custody of paperwork, 
That means that a stranger just walked out with the sensitive election materials. The contractor also observed that sensitive election materials were left on a dock at a warehouse without supervision. Several cases, including SC-11, were just left out on the loading dock outside the warehouse, he wrote. Thankfully, the seals were still intact. The revelations come as a state judge has taken the extraordinary step of ordering absentee ballots in the county unsealed so that a private audit led by lawyer Bob Cheeley can examine the actual papers and resolve discrepancies. Cheeley told uh, just the news on Wednesday, the evidence he has seen so far points to election tabulation malpractice. Private experts and state election officials differ on whether the evidence shows a pattern of potential fraud or simply gross incompetence in the county that encompasses Atlanta. But they are mostly united for the first time that the top election supervisors in Fulton County should be removed. Some officials are even discussing a dramatic intervention like putting the county's election system in conservatorship so it can be run by the state and not local officials. And again, I've already expressed uh, my concern about that kind of move. I think that would be leaving them open to even more criticism than they've already gotten. I have continued to call on the election director to be removed from his position, and the leadership of Fulton County has continued to fail to act. Raffensberger, their secretary of state, just uh, told just the news on Wednesday. The secretary said he stands by his private monitor's assessment that fraud did not occur at a scale in Fulton County to impact the election's outcome. But he added the county's election management failures nonetheless warrant dramatic repair. It is no secret that Fulton County has had issues in their elections department for decades, which is why I insisted on a state monitor being present to be eyes and ears on the ground, he said. He did not see any evidence of fraud despite having full access, but he saw continued mismanagement, miscommunication, unpreparedness, and sloppiness. Georgia voters deserve better, Raffensperger said. Fulton County election officials did not respond to repeated requests seeking a comment from Just the News. Just the News reviewed the documents Raffensperger's office collected from Fulton County during a risk-limiting audit conducted last November. So they did look at it after November, and that was in the news as well. Among the problems those memos exposed are more than 100 batches of absentee ballots, each containing approximately 100 or more ballots themselves, were assigned tracking numbers before being sent to one of the five absentee vote counting machines in Fulton County, but are not subsequently recorded in the handwritten log showing which batches were scanned and counted, raising concerns the ballots may be missing. 
more than two dozen batches of ballots, absentee ballots, were identified as having been double scanned on the tally sheets. Now, if, as they referenced in the first section there, uh, if a batch contains approximately 100 ballots, you know, that's keep in mind how many ballots we may be talking about here. Goes on to say five sequential ballots, uh, batches of ballots, uh, absentee votes, each appeared with the exact same vote count of 392 for Biden, 96 for President Trump, and three for Libertarian Joe Jorgensen, a count that state officials admitted was a statistical impossibility. So they're saying they had five sequential batches of absentee votes (laughs) with the same count total. You're going to have five batches that add up to 392 votes for Joe Biden, 96 for President Donald Trump, and three for Libertarian Joe Jorgensen? Are you serious? Just that, if you take that one situation by itself right there, that's enough to raise a flag. And even if you, you know, Democrats want to make the argument, any irregularities that you find wouldn't change the outcome of the election. Well, what if you take that irregularity and multiply it times 10, 20, and then you take it to maybe not all the states, even if it's half of them, you're looking at a lot of ballots. And then you could have situations where there was more ballots that were mishandled with situations. Many control sheets for absentee ballot batches counted during the state's audit did not check a box indicating the ballot came from a secure container, raising the possibility that ballots were stored insecurely or that multiple batches of ballots were sealed in a single container. An official working for Raffensperger who reviewed the documents flagged by just the news said they were clear evidence of significant human failure in Fulton County's election administration. The official said, for instance, the identical ballot batches likely resulted in about 1,000 extra votes being tallied. Now, look at the magic number of 12,000, okay? That was about the margin uh, of Biden's win over Trump in Georgia. The official also said some of the gaps in the absentee ballots might be explained by mistakes in which county officials mixed absentee ballots counted by one machine for another. But he acknowledged other gaps in the ballot batches defy immediate explanation and would require extensive investigation to determine if something more nefarious than incompetence was at work. A state official said the shoddy nature of the Fulton County paperwork left open the possibility of fraud or other misconduct. An audit is only as good as the data that's input, and in this case, Fulton County's records are so problematic, I'm not sure a reasonable person can trust them. 
when you add all add in all the reports of ballots magically appearing under tables or being moved out of the counting center, there are legitimate outstanding questions. The findings of Just the News review closely mirror those of the private audit conducted by Chile's team under the judge's supervision. A private fraud expert hired by Chile, the forensic account accountant David Sawyer, specifically flagged scores of batches of absentee ballots that appeared missing from the documents and more than two dozen batches of absentee ballots that appear to have been double or triple counted, triple counted in Fulton County. Sawyer said that the fact that the ballot batch numbers are missing from the Fulton County audit documents contradicts the concepts of completeness and existence and accuracy of the November audit and should have been readily apparent to anyone is performing a reconciliation, let alone an audit. These need to be more fully investigated and they indicate the possibility that there are missing batches that might not have been counted, Sawyer testified. County lawyers who county lawyers who cross-examined Sawyer offered little explanation or pushback before the judge officially ordered all absentee ballots unsealed so Geely's team could investigate more deeply. That process is ongoing at this time. Chile told Just the News on Wednesday night his ongoing audit has now flagged many thousands of absentee ballots that haven't been properly accounted or suffer other serious problems. Fulton County's inability to count account for so many batches reported from a November hand recount audit amounts to the election tabulation malpractice, he said. Anyone who can count should know that is unacceptable. This evidence produced in court on May 21st justified the audit which Judge Amaro ordered of the absentee ballots and envelopes. So, like it's saying, any one of these things alone probably should raise questions, serious questions about um, how secure everything was being done last November during the election. It's got to raise flags, folks. It The only people it doesn't raise flags for are the people that are happy with the results. And yes, Liberals can say, well, the only reason to bring this up is because Trump lost. What you're trying to do is find votes to prove that he did, that he actually won. Aren't missing ballots an issue? Aren't missing equipment or tampered with equipment? Poll pads, aren't that, isn't that an issue? Uh, I thought it was an issue when I saw the film back in uh, November of trucks going from New York state into, I think it was Pennsylvania showing up in Pennsylvania, leaving New York with ballots in the tractor trailer and then showing up in Pennsylvania warehouse. Why are ballots from New York transported to Pennsylvania? That was one of the first things I saw. I'm like, what? 
And there was no explanation that I ever saw that was given for that. And it's like, eh, you know, so what? You got a picture. So add these things up. Add these things together. And at least accept the fact that a lot of either illegal or stupid things were done last year. Maybe out of haste, maybe out of all the confusion because of COVID issues and all the added opportunities for people to vote last year, the different avenues they had to vote. Um, uh, the ballot boxes that, you know, they, you know, Fulton County's complaining about with a new Georgia voter law restrictions and so forth. And they're complaining about because they, they won't have as many ballot boxes around the communities as they did last year. Oh, well, that's what you need. You need a bunch of ballot boxes that are unsecure, just what in front of a Walgreens drugstore somewhere that who knows what can happen to it. So, you know, there, there's more than sufficient reason being given by these different outlets, people that things went, things weren't done properly last year. If, if not criminally, at least improperly. And, you know, even incompetence, can can change the outcome of things. Even if it was incompetence that gave Joe Biden the win last year, that's unacceptable. And I'm not one of these people. I know there's stories going around on the internet. Oh, that there are people thinking that Donald Trump is going to be reinstated. Joe Biden's going to be booted out and Donald Trump will be reinstated in August. I don't think anybody from the Trump camp is, is promoting that. But I saw that story the other day and, and uh, I think it was from a CNN site or MSNBC, you know, talking about, you know, Trump voters think that he's going to be put back in office. The, the whole process of this audit business folks is not to put Donald Trump back in the president's seat. Okay. Nobody in their right mind believes that's even a possibility at this point. It could never happen, shouldn't happen, but we do deserve to know if it was a fair and honest election last year, if people did things to influence the election. They spent four years, pretty much, investigating Donald Trump and as and and accusing Trump and and his team of uh, or, or or Russia having a lot to do with Donald Trump being elected in 2016. Four years they did that. And they've tried to shut conservatives down from the very beginning in November. Well, you, how dare you question this election? And now anybody that wants to make sure elections are fair and honest and only the uh, people who are, are, um, officially registered, registered voters, legal voters get to participate in the election. And that's racist to a lot of people. There's enough stuff here. There's enough stuff just in Georgia. 
there's enough stuff in Maricopa County, Arizona. You know, and if these things come back, if if they're allowed to per, to proceed the way they should, unencumbered with all the cooperation which should be given unless people are afraid of what's going to be found. But if all of that process is allowed to happen and it's allowed to happen the way it should without any restrictions, they find out, well, gee, there really wasn't enough. We didn't find enough here that would have changed the election. There were some stupid things, but, you know, there's not enough here. Okay? Then we'll all have to accept that. All the conservatives will just have to say, okay, well, you know, we're, we're not happy with it still, but we accept it if the process was allowed to go the way it should have gone, unencumbered, allowing them access to any portion of last year's election tabulations that would have made a difference one way or the other. But if they find that it was a lot of fraudulent things being done across the country, no, that's not going to put Donald Trump back in the White House, but it certainly should put a number of people in jail and then uh, take whatever steps we need to take in this country to fix that stuff. There are some people are saying, well, this has been going on for years. Yeah, the elections, you know, there's, there's always a certain amount of tampering well, the people that are saying that and they say it like it should be an acceptable thing, those people need to be fired. Those people need to be booted out and get the hell out of the way and put somebody in there. If there's 30 people, illegal votes that came in in an election in a county or something, that should be fixed. Fraud. Mal, mal, uh, mishandling of, of ballots, whatever you want to call it, sloppiness, stupidity, all of that should be fixed. Why do we accept that in this country? I can tell you they wouldn't accept it. Even the, the most minor of these details if Donald Trump had won that election and the most minor issues popped up that these different sources have been uncovering across the country in the last five months, do you not think that Democrats would be all over it? I think, you know, that's true. All right, so that's just Georgia. I'm there's uh, two more in here. Uh, I'm not going to do them tonight because I've reached my limit here. Actually, I'm over my limit a little bit, uh, so I may do uh, those some tomorrow night, um, unless I've got something I would rather do instead. But I'm going to keep doing this voter, uh, these voter uh, recount issues. 
as long as new stuff keeps coming out, even if it's the smallest of details, because I think it's important whether you're a, a Democrat or, or a Republican, you know, because if it can happen and as if some people have said it's been happening for years, but this last election cycle was the worst that has ever been in the history of this country, or at least in modern times, it's got to get fixed because I, I hate to tell you Democrats or liberals next time it could happen to you because the one thing it is, you know, when, when you have people that are allowed to cheat in, in elections and, and, and different social issues that they're allowed to get away with cheating, you can be assured that the next guy, the opposing guy is going to find a way to reciprocate. And next time he may have the upper hand and he may do a better job of cheating and then take back the baton. All right. Thanks for um, spending a little time with me tonight on Trice Talk Mini Pod. Uh, we got one more night here uh, tomorrow night, Saturday, uh, probably around the same time it'll post. And then, of course, Sunday night, uh, which Sunday is Father's Day. Sunday night, I'll be back with my son, Dennis Lee, for Trice Talk Live Sunday night. So I hope everybody has a great day tomorrow. I know a lot of uh, you in the South, especially uh, the Southeast, we're going to get some effects from that tropical storm. Uh, It's probably landing tonight, I believe, off the Gulf Coast. And it's going to bring a lot of rain up through the Northeast. I think uh, Northern Alabama and cut a swatch across uh, Northern Georgia and so forth up in the North Carolina. So we're expecting a lot of rain. They haven't talked about a lot of storms. But anyway, hope you have the best day that you can tomorrow. And don't forget that Sunday is Father's Day. All right. With that, I'm going to say stay safe, everybody.